I grew up in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, which, you know, every time we drive I-35, we're reminded that Oklahoma City will probably be merged into the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, not, not too much longer. <clears throat> but it's about three and a half hours to the north of here. Um, so I grew up there. I grew up, I was homeschooled growing up, um, oldest of four, you know, homeschool, homeschool shout out, see some people in the room. Uh, and I was the oldest of four, I am the oldest of four kids. Um, I have a sister who is actually on the mission field as well right now. She's with crew and they're in Thailand, her family. And then my two brothers who live in the Dallas area as well. Uh, one of my brothers is kind of in charge of the ESL, the English as a second language program over at For the Nation's Refugee Outreach Ministry. And then my youngest brother is an engineer. Um, he got all the math gifts. So he's using those well. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of where they are. My parents are still in Oklahoma City. So I grew up in Oklahoma City, um, and I, I came to know the Lord pretty early on. Uh, my parents are both Christians. They came to know the Lord actually later in life for both of them a little bit. But they were both Christians by the time I was born. And um, came to understand the gospel, kind of an interesting story, um, kind of an... Uh, well, I'll just tell it a little bit. I was in the backyard one time, uh, and my father was liked to grow fruit trees in our backyard, and this is going to sound a lot like Adam and Eve, so get ready. And I saw, um, I really wanted to grab a, an apple off my dad's tree. <clears throat> and uh, he told me um, that it wasn't ready for, to be picked yet, it wasn't ready to be harvested, still needed to wait. And so I waited for a moment when my dad wasn't looking, and... Um, <laughs> Um, there was no snake involved, but I, uh, at least not one that I saw. But I, I reached up and grabbed the apple anyway. And, uh, of course, my father saw me do that. I didn't know he saw me do that. And um, um, so when I came inside, he, saw, he, he grabbed me and said, I saw you pick the apple off the tree. Um, I did not have time to go run and hide like Adam and Eve did. <clears throat> uh, but he um, was uh, going to discipline me. And, um, and he kind of took that moment to explain to me that I had clearly broken what his instructions were, what his desires were, and then what he actually proceeded to do is have me um, spank him instead of him spanking me. And I thought that was weird, but at the same time, at the same time, recognized that why did I have to do this and why should he have to pay for this? Why was he going to be disciplined instead of me? And he made me do it. Um, he made me spank him well and hard, which was really something I'll never, ever forget. And then he used that kind of as an example to kind of explain to me how Christ takes our place in receiving our punishment for our, our sin. So it was kind of an Adam and Eve to the cross sort of situation, like in about 20 minutes um, time, time frame. But um, yeah, God used that powerfully to kind of preach the gospel to my heart when I was seven or eight years old, and it was uh, during kind of that interchange that I kind of came to understand Christ's death for me and, and resurrection for me um, as we continue to discuss things. So that's kind of what happened. That's kind of how I came to faith um, uh, and really kind of felt a call and desire to ministry in high school, really started to think about youth ministry at that point, and I went off to um, Bible college, um, so went to a, a Bible college in Omaha, Nebraska, about eight hours away. Um, it's, called, it's called Grace University. It's where I went. It's kind of a Christian liberal arts school. And studied Christian education and youth ministry. And that's where I met Ellen. 
And um, so we got to know each other there and um, we're married actually right before my senior year. Um, right before Ellen still had a couple more years of left, so we, we got married in school. So it was crazy, but it worked. <clears throat> um, so we uh, um, just was there in Omaha for a little while, um, was a youth minister in Omaha for a while, and then moved to Dallas in 2003. So we moved to Dallas in 2003 to pursue a seminary at Dallas Theological Seminary. So we were, we were there at DTS for four years. And then um, in 2007, went off to Kansas. And we were there in Kansas for two years. I was an associate pastor in a kind of a small little country Bible church. Um, those were really, really hard two years. Um, those two years were when we started to, uh, when we found out about our own infertility. We weren't gonna be able to have biological children of our own. and. Our church went through some really, really hard times, went through a significant split. It was actually on its way to splitting before we arrived, and we didn't help it. So it um, split while we were still there, and it was, uh, it was a really, really hard two years. Um, we came back to Dallas in 2009, where we have been at New St. Peter's Presbyterian, uh, where we still are. We were parishioners for a while, and then came on staff in 2012. So I've been on staff there since since 2012, spring. <clears throat> so that's kind of a quick run through of, of my story. Um, I'll, should I let Ellen tell her story and then yeah. circle um, back to some things? Maybe before you do that, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your story, your journey to reform theology from yeah. DTS to Bible Church yep. to ordained in the PCA? Absolutely. What did that look like? Yeah. So when I was at, when I was actually, I would say my professors at Dallas Seminary did the most of anybody to begin causing me to kind of look anew or look, look at, look at uh, the Reformed faith. So when I was at DTS, I really fell in love with church history. And I kind of came to realize at DTS that um, um, the whole idea of simply um, reading the Bible objectively um, is, is, from a completely objective standpoint, is not necessarily... Um, possible for everyone, that we're all looking at the Bible through lenses that have been shaped through culture, lenses that have been shaped through our traditions. And so I, I realized that um, it was that tradition needed to play a role, creeds needed to play a role, confessions needed to play a role, and how it is that we learn to read the Bible. But the creeds and confessions are the way in which the church has been reading the Bible for, for thousands of years and that they need to play a key role in how we continue to read the Bible. And so that was kind of a very new concept for me. So as I kind of began to embrace that concept at Dallas Seminary, um, I really began to look at kind of our Protestant heritage, um, the creeds and the confessions coming out of the Reformation, the early Christian creeds, uh, Nicene Creed and others. And it was kind of through uh, DTS that I started to recognize that um, um, that, that Christian tradition needs to play a significant role in helping us understand how to read the Bible. Um, and so that was kind of what happened for me at Dallas Seminary. So came out of DTS very sort of ready to look at Presbyterianism, um, and our experience in Kansas really made me want to look at Presbyterianism um, after we came out of the nightmare that that was. So when we came back to Kansas, excuse me, Dallas in 2009, we were really ready to kind of look at the PCA pretty seriously at that point and kind of visited around a few, a few churches, but um, 
when we came to New St. Peter's, which was I think our third Sunday back, we we just never left. Um, yeah. Can you describe New St. Peter's briefly, just for folks that may not be familiar with the church? Yeah. What's it like? Yeah, it's a church of about three three hundred or so. We're in East Dallas. Uh, we were planted back in two thousand three. Uh, the planting pastor is no longer there, but uh, yeah, we were planted out of out of Park City's Prez in, in two thousand three. Um, we're, we're, we have a pretty strong emphasis on liturgy. Um, we have a fairly liturgical service, which, I, which is how I would also characterize your service on Sunday mornings, one of the things I really like about it. Um, and um, yeah, it's been, we have a few different pastors on staff now. I think we have, we have three pastors currently on staff. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a strong, strong church, lots of young families. Um, it kind of serves the East, East Dallas area. And y'all meet in a, is it a theater? Yes, that's right. We don't have our own building. We've been meeting at a children's theater for the last 16 years. Uh, so it's been working. So it's hard to, hard to get property in East Dallas that you can afford, um, honestly. So, yeah, that's kind of where we've been. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Ellen, we'd love to hear a little bit of your story. If you want to hear. Sure. Um, so growing up in a small farming community and then also growing up in a church where I heard the gospel from, you know, day one in my home um, and in my church. Um, it's a very black and white sort of culture. And so I think I trusted Christ when I was like three or four. Um, but it was a big deal to kind of be able to write down the date when you came to know the Lord. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, the church I grew up in, just certainty of salvation was a big thing for me growing up. And I struggled a lot with that. But I also knew um, without a shadow of a doubt that Christ uh, was what I needed uh, for the forgiveness of my sins and to have a right relationship with the Lord. So that was very clear to me um, from the time I was really little. Um, and I believed it and put my hope in Christ. Um, going to camp growing up was a big thing in my growth and walk with the Lord. Um, Romans 8, 38 and 39, um, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, really began to give me assurance and growth and rest in my Savior. Um, and then from that point on, in our journey toward missions in my life, uh, through my church, which had a big emphasis in missions, and then my dad, uh, who was a dentist, took started taking me on mission trips. And the Lord used those in a great way in my life to give me a broader view of the church, um, to challenge me in my own very safe town and environment and culture uh, for me to in a sense, the Lord drawing my heart to, I remember when I was 11, drawing my heart to pray, Lord, I want a different life. I don't know what that means, but I know that following you means you're calling me to something more than just safety and protection. And um, when you're king over my life, then that means that you may ask some things of me, um, but that's exciting. And I didn't know what I was asking for <laughs> at that point. Um, and in, in, our story that's brought with it infertility, like John said, um, a challenge to you know our identities in lots of different ways, and you know things not working out with that church in Kansas, and that being very hard um, in adoption, in in us adopting our oldest and then our youngest, uh, the Lord taking a lot of things out of our hands um, and allowing us to depend more on Him. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of in brief.
uh, a little bit of my testimony That's there. That's great. Maybe y'all could either either one of you or together just kind of share about MTW and Bulgaria and how the Lord called you to this specific work to leave a great church in New St. Peter's, mm-hmm. a place here in Dallas where you've been for you know a long time, 15 years basically, mm-hmm. um, to go to the Eastern Europe and be part of this new work or this work in Bulgaria. Yeah. We'd love to hear about that. Yeah, thanks. You want me to share it? You want to do it? How do you feel? Maybe you could start and I'll okay. jump in. Jump in. Okay. So, um, kind of what the, the story kind of starts for us is, as it relates to Bulgaria in early 2014. And in early 2014, we decided to go ahead and start the process of adopting again. So, as Ella mentioned, adoption, we, we adopted our oldest, Aubrey, from Kansas while we were still there. Um, so, she's, she's 10 years old. Uh, we adopted her pretty much right out of the hospital, right after she was born. But in 2014, we were really starting to think about adopting again. And we had prayed about it, and um, we knew some friends, some close friends of ours, who had adopted a child from Russia. And they were looking to adopt again, and they found a really great agency. And in fact, it was an agency that my sister had also used in adopting their son. And this uh, agency was having a lot of success at the time in adopting children out of Bulgaria. So we um, decided, hey, let's, let's check this out. Um, and we really spent a lot of time praying about it, thinking about it. And, and Ellen filled out, almost went blind on paperwork in 2014 with all the stuff you have to do to jump through the hoops to get ready to apply. And so that happened in 2014. So we started going through this agency called All God's Children International uh, based in the Pacific Northwest. And um, they, they started the process in 2014. Well, we waited and we waited and we waited. And in fall of 2015, we went with some friends to Germany. And while we were in Germany, that was just for fun, for vacation, we thought, you know, we're so close to Bulgaria, let's just pop over there for a little bit and just kind of see what the culture looks like, what it's kind of like to be there. Um, So um, in preparation for that little trip, I called a couple MTW missionaries. We thought, well, while we're there, let's just see if there's some MTW missionaries in Bulgaria. We didn't even know if MTW had a presence there. We just thought if there is somebody there, let's see if they just want to grab coffee. They can share with us how things have been going. So uh, we called the team leaders, um, Dal and Beth Stanton, who are the team leaders there in Bulgaria. And we called them and said, hey, would you like to get coffee? And Dal was like, no, we're not just going to get coffee. Why don't you stay with us? If you guys are going to be here four days, just stay with us for four days. We're like, great. So... So we went over there, and we were there for three or four days in 2015, and we stayed with Dal and Beth and just kind of found out all this kind of stuff going on there in Bulgaria. And even then, Dal was asked, we shared our stories, and Dal thought that we would be a really good fit for theological education ministry there. Um, and so he was already kind of, you know, putting the bug in our ear in fall of 15, but we were not in a place yet to strongly consider it at that point. Uh, mainly because our adoption wasn't done. We didn't know when it would be done. And you, if you're doing an international adoption, if any of you have done this, you know you can't even move across the street while you're in the process of adopting a child because it throws off all the paperwork. <laughs> so you can't do anything while you're adopting as far as a move goes. So, um, yeah, so we, we were like, thanks, Dal. You know, that's wonderful and uh, good to meet you guys. And um, maybe we'll see you down the road. We'll probably be back to pick up a, 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 little, a little child sometime. So we went back in 2017. 
early 17, to visit our little Emily for the first time. We weren't, right, we weren't taking her home yet, we were just visiting her. And um, we got to meet her and her foster family um, during that trip. And then we stayed with Dal and Beth again for part of that trip. And then we kind of started talking about ministry possibilities down the road. And that's when we really started. The Lord had brought us to a place in our lives through lots of different events and circumstances. Um, where it was kind of time for us to maybe think about this. It was actually kind of a possibility in our minds when we left Bulgaria in February of 17. And um, so it was kind of something we really started to think about and pray about. We told Dal and Beth we'd pray about it. And um, the Lord really did a significant work in us over the next few months after that to really start to give us a sense of call to possibly to, 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 to Bulgaria. And so when we went back in June of 2017, so just a few months later, um, we were going back to pick her up. We're going back to pick up Emily and bring her home. It was during that time that we also did our vision trip because if you're, that's part of kind of becoming an MGW missionary, uh, one of the steps you do is called a vision trip where you have a chance to kind of see everything that's happening on the field. You meet all the staff and team members that are there. All the team members get a chance to meet you. And then they all get to talk together and they get to decide, do we think John and Ellen would be a good fit for us? Um, do we not think that? Um, and we get a chance to kind of uh, discuss things too. So that was kind of when that, that that vision trip took place, which is June of 17. And that went just that went really well. And uh, we just felt like the Lord was confirming things for us and for them that this was going to be a good, a good partnership going forward. Um, so that's kind of what that looked like. And um, we attended uh, what MTW calls um, REV, which is readiness evaluation. We attended that in January of 18, so a little over a year ago. And that was... Um, uh, really confirming time for us where MTW kind of puts you through the ringer a little bit for about a week with everybody else who's c contemplating missions and um, it's a great great week. I, I, I will tell you this and I'm not just saying this because we're going with MTW we came away from readiness evaluation thinking whether or not we get selected or not by MTW Readiness evaluation confirmed for both of us that our denomination's missions agency, MTW, Mission to the World, is a fantastic agency. And they really, really do their homework and really, really do a good job trying to figure out where are people, where people are who are applying to go through them. Is this someone who's ready to go now? Is this somebody who maybe needs to wait a year? It's just someone maybe who needs to wait a couple years and iron out some of these issues in their lives, whether they're personal issues, struggles, or maybe um, about ready to have a child for the first time. And I mean, there's all sorts of things that might be might might cause them to say, "Hey, why don't you just wait here um, a few months or a year or two years?" Or maybe you're ready to to, to move on to the next step. Um, or maybe you're maybe not going to, we don't see you on the mission field for the foreseeable future right now. They will say that if that's uh, something that they think is true. And so it's, it's, we really gained a lot of confidence in our, our, our missions agency during that week. Even before we knew we were going to the field, we thought, man, if they tell us we shouldn't go to the field, we should not go to the field because <laughs> these people know what they're talking about. So that was, that was really encouraging for us uh, during, during that week. So we did that. And the fact mm. that they 
really look at all your weaknesses too that That's week really was helpful for confirmation for us in moving forward because you know mm -hmm. it was very clear you know our brokenness as well that we're bringing to this and yet yep. um, the Lord was giving you know assurance and confirmation to us through them saying nope we think you're a good fit and you should go and um, that was really encouraging to us in moving forward um, to go to mm -hmm. join the team in Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. um, so that was pretty, I don't know, it's wonderful to see the MTW um, using the gospel and that mm -hmm. we're all broken and that we all, um, uh, but yet we all need, you know, the body of Christ. We need to be assured that we are ambassadors for Christ, like he says that we are miraculously. That's the tension we hold in being broken people, and yet we're ambassadors for Christ, and he wants to use us. And so that was mm -hmm. a really helpful and affirming um, step for us in moving forward with MTW. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Will you all share a little bit about the timeline in terms of where you're at in the process? Mm -hmm. And also, um, and when you move to Bulgaria and all that. And then just share with us a little bit, each of you, what, what specifically is God calling each of you to do there? Mm -hmm. What's your job description going to be um, as, a, as a family, but also as individuals there in uh, Great. Sure. Go ahead. Um, so what was the first part of the question? What's that you your timeline? Yeah. Uh, so we are moving. Our timeline is to fly out May 9th. Um, ideally, just so that the team is ready to meet us and help us that weekend. So that's kind of... Uh, the best weekend for them, for us to come, as well as for Aubrey, maybe our oldest Aubrey to catch uh, maybe two or three weeks of school with the missionary kids she'll be going to school with. Um, and we get there right before all the summer stuff happens. They do an internship program, there's English camps, there's a lot of stuff going on. So we kind of also get in on the beginning of a lot of team activity um, starting off in June. And um, and then my role there, uh, Emily, our youngest. So we have Aubrey, who's 10, and we have Emily, who's 3. And Emily has Down syndrome. And um, so Aubrey will um, go to the Christian school there, Sophia Christian Academy. My role initially will be a lot to do with Emily. Um, but because of her Down syndrome, you know, that naturally flows into some of what's going on with the team in that they are involved with special needs ministry, a lot of adult special needs ministry. Um, so I'll be kind of dipping my foot into what's going on with the team there. Um, the Lord has already opened doors within the Down Syndrome Association. I've made contact with the dentist there. So I'll be doing a lot of praying and exploring in my role along with learning the language which is a huge thing so those will be my top two uh, things that I'll be investing my time in is trying to find care for Emily just exploring the special needs community and learning the language um, will be a big part of my role initially but I'm really excited because special needs um, care has been growing since the fall of the Iron Curtain in the 90s um, so I think there are resources for Emily on top of the fact that the Lord has been moving in um, Bulgaria as a country and there being what I call breaks in the wall as far as the special needs kids or community kids and adults have been kind of sidelined. They've been in the dark, kind of hidden behind walls. And now, you know, 
they're kind of coming to the forefront as far as them contributing to society and um, people realizing that they need love and care and um, too. And so I'm excited to be a part of that kind of growing movement. Um, but really excited for what God is doing within the church because that's affected the church's view of special needs as well. And mm -hmm. so um, we're excited to just live with Emily there and see how her little life, um, as God uses weak things and little things, um, to help grow that, that area of need in Bulgaria. Um, one quick follow-up, Ellen. You yeah. mentioned the language. What is the language situation there in terms of is English commonly spoken? Or are you going to have to learn Bulgaria? Bulgarian in order to really live and be comfortable. Talk to us a little bit about that. What does that look like? Uh, the language is Bulgarian, and we will be in Sofia, which is the capital city. Um, you can get around Sofia with just knowing English, you know, with maybe a few greetings that you, you know, catch in Bulgarian. Um, but we will definitely be learning Bulgarian in order to acculturate, um, we want to go long-term, and so if we're gonna be there and love Bulgarians and be a part of the Bulgarian church, I mean, all, all our church life, when we go to church on Sunday morning, it'll all be in Bulgarian. Um, so that'll be essential for us to um, be a part of the body of Christ um, in a real um, dynamic way for us to learn the language. So we'll be tutoring, um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one tutoring to learn the language, and then just jumping in, being scared <laughs> to talk like a toddler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just, Bulgarian. That's right, caveman mm -hmm. Bulgarian. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's Russian-based, so Cyrillic alphabet type of a thing. So. That was actually my next question. What, what is it like? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of tsa and guh and, you know, Lots of consonants that run together. together. Yeah. You want to buy, you buy a vowel a lot. You're like, can I buy a vowel now? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's like so many, yeah, lots of consonants. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Great. John, share us a little bit about what you're going to be doing in your call. I'm going to be working with um, kind of doing lots of uh, Christian higher education, basically, um, especially uh, seminary training. For, for pastors, so working with um, the Elias Riggs Center for Biblical Studies, which um, was founded in the 90s by MTW, um, and it just it, it works to kind of train pastors for um, um, the Protestant uh, one of the one of the major Protestant denominations there in the country that we have a partnership with. Uh, Mission to the World has a partnership with them, and so uh, we're training um, training their pastors and. Uh, in, in other ministers, I think we, we, we're not just training pastors. That's probably the majority of the students, but um, tra tra training everyone who's coming through there. So, yeah, so doing that, um, I'm, I'm the academic dean of this school and working alongside um, the executive director of the school, who is, who is Bulgarian. Um, his name is Stanislav, and uh, we have a good, a good relationship, a good friendship already. And he's a pastor in this denomination. He's a pastor of a, of a church um, downtown. So um, we'll be working together uh, to kind of increase, hopefully, enrollment. But also, um, we want to see the school expand in numbers for sure. But I think right now what needs to happen first is for us to just get to, to raise the level of our quality, particularly the quality of our student follow-up, and really make sure that students are, um, are, don't get lost in the shuffle after they come to seminars and classes and making sure that we're, 
following up with their, their academic work and making sure they're submitting their work and getting good feedback. So I think we'll, we'll start there. Uh, there's a, a lot of work that needs to be done on that level. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're doing. Um, and then we'll probably be working with, in some, to one degree or another, working with the MTW church plant that's there in Sofia. So um, that's a church plant that's been going on there for a little while, so we'll probably be working with that church, church plant. plant. So the church plant, is, it's, a it's a church where the services are all in Bulgarian, but it's, it's, it's an MTW work, so it's been started by MTW missionaries, and so there's still quite a few MTW missionaries that attend it, but it's for Bulgarians, and um, uh, we're hoping to be able to train a pastor, a Bulgarian pastor, to lead it and take it over soon. Um, we have probably a, a little core of, of, of Bulgarian men who are ready, um, I think fairly ready um, soon, maybe not right now, but getting close to being ready to be ruling elders and to form a session for this church. But um, we're still looking for the right person to serve as a teaching elder and a pastor. So that's kind of where we are in the process of planting the church. But um, it's got several different Bulgarian families, um, mainly young families. Um, so it's, it's actually grown in numbers quite a bit in the last, even just the last year, especially. We worship in a building that MTW, I think MTW rents that building, but um, we call it the Christian Cultural Center. So we do lots of things out of this building. We do ESL classes. Um, we do a number of other sorts of ministries out of this building, but then we worship on Sunday mornings. It's where the church meets on Sunday mornings. Um, and it's called New Life, so um, you can pray for the, the congregation of New Life Church. And uh, the numbers, let's see, well, everybody there, it's probably, with children and everything else, it's probably around 40 people, maybe between 30 and 40. The Bulgarian government, yeah. Um, I mean, they're they're towing the line um, begrudgingly, I think, but they're towing the line and trying to be secular. Let's we'll, we'll keep our hands out of religion, church, you know, separation of church and state, because they realize that that's what they need to do to 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 meet the expectations of the European Union that Bulgaria is a part. So Bulgaria is a part of the EU. They're part of NATO. And they want to keep those Western ties. And yet, Bulgarian Orthodoxy is the established church and has been for over a thousand years. And uh, Orthodoxy has a very, you know, Bulgarian Orthodoxy has a very strong relationship to Russian Orthodoxy, um, which means that those two churches have a strong relationship. And those churches have a strong relationship to Vladimir Putin. And Bulgaria imports most of its natural gas and oil from Russia. So Bulgaria has to like walk this very sort of fine line be between keeping Russia happy on this side and the EU happy on this side, and those two groups don't like each other quite often. So Bulgaria is kind of feels itself sort of tugged um, politically and religiously, culturally, in kind of two different directions, and they want to keep um, both sides happy, which isn't always possible to do very well. So I think so right now, I mean, they're very they're fine with us being there. And, and the average Bulgarian on the street likes the idea, even if they're not Protestant, they like the idea that there are Protestants running around. Because the fact that there are Protestants running around means that, uh, means that it's a signal of more personal freedom for them to kind of think and believe and practice the way they want, um, even if they're not going to be Protestants. Um, so 
So, you know, the average populace is very much for religious freedom, but the government sometimes feels pressure to, um, you know, make sure it's kind of waving the, the Orthodox flag, the Bulgarian Orthodox flag, um, which, um, um, so right now I think things are, are, are pretty good, pretty calmed down, and everybody feels pretty, pretty free to, to, to do and say what they want publicly. Yeah. Tell us about where y'all will be living. You want to talk about that? You were just there. I was just there. <laughs> um, I've not seen it. I've seen pictures. Seen pictures. <laughs> so I did, I did get to stay in the apartment that we're moving into. So it's an apartment that's being vacated by a couple that, MTW missionaries, a couple that are coming back to the States for, they're going to Covenant Seminary. So this couple's coming back. They're going to be in St. Louis for a few years going to seminary, both of them. She's going for counseling, a counseling degree, and he's going for a Master's of Divinity. So we're, we're moving into their apartment in May, just as basically they're vacating it. Um, and it's a great apartment. It's, it's a three-bedroom, uh, two-bathroom, which will be a good size for our family. It's in the southeast, kind of the eastern side of the city. Um, we can see a mountain outside of our window, which is way different for these two people who grew up on the plains <laughs> of the United States <laughs> to look out the window and see a mountain. It's just, you know, um, very new sort of experience. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I would compare that part of Sofia to, it's kind of their version of kind of, call it maybe Frisco, um, kind of a suburb, um, lots of young families, lots of commercial, lots of businesses, shops. Um, you can, you know, shop your heart out um, if you want. Um, Lots of young, kind of young families, young singles, career, well-educated folks. That's kind of this part of town that we're in. Um, lots of new construction going up. So, um, yeah, so that's that, that's where we are. So that's where we'll land at least initially, um, and we have the freedom to move if we feel like we need to. But it looks like it'll be a good spot for a while. It's close to the Christian Cultural that's Center okay. where we'll be with the church plant and then a lot of the just weekly activities yep. so that'll be nice I think it's what one train stop you take buses and trains everywhere yep um, yep and it's actually and this is the biggest selling point really for us it's about a 10-minute walk for Aubrey to get to school so Aubrey can walk to Sophia Christian Academy which is about 10 minutes down the street yep so and I hear there's a park right across the street so hopefully I'll get to meet my neighbors um, that way real easily yeah there's also a grocery store right across the street. And since we won't have a car, we'll be going to the grocery store a lot more often and carrying everything home. And when your fridge so, is this big. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, <the fridge>. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's take one or two questions <clears throat> from y'all. Who has a question from Jack Carey? What's the economy of the area? What do you think it is? Are they growing? Yeah. Um, they're natural resources. They, they, um, it's not. It's it's fairly mountainous, so they can't like grow a lot of grain or pasture a lot of cows or that kind of a thing. But they do grow a lot of roses and lavender. So the essential oils industry loves Bulgaria. Um, so that's they they export a lot of those things. Um, uh, those are the main exports. They I think they probably export some olive oil, um, which you know they're not they they border Greece, so it's kind of that part of the world where there's olive trees. Um, there's shepherding going on, but I don't know if they export much in the way of, of wool or, 
or lamb meat. You can sure eat lamb quite a bit there if you want. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the economy. I would characterize Bulgaria as kind of a, a um, it's a developing country, maybe a second world. I don't know what the UN calls it, maybe second world or something like that, in terms of its, in terms of where they are economically. So certain parts of town, Sofia feels like a developing city. And then you go out to certain parts of Bulgaria, tiny little towns that can feel third world almost, depending on where you are. But Sofia feels like a pretty modern, developed city that's, that's continuing to modernize quickly. Yeah. The average income is very low yeah. in Bulgaria. I want to say yeah. under 500 a month. In terms of, in, terms of in dollars. dollars? Yeah, that's probably true. I think true. it's more like yeah, that's probably right. Four hundred. Mm -hmm. One more, Lauren. Um, in terms of your visa, are you allowed to go as a missionary? With the, your visa being that you are a missionary, or do you have to have a job? Uh, like, you go as a teacher. Right. Or are, they, are they okay with you coming over as a missionary? They know that we are religious workers, yeah. and that we have. In fact, so what the key thing for the government was not was uh, have you been invited here by an religious organization that we have approved of? That's the question they're asking. And so since we were approved and invited by the official, um, it's called the Union of Evangelical Confessing Churches, is the name of the denomination in Bulgaria. Since we were officially extended an invitation by them and that organization is approved by the Bulgarian government, then they're like, great. So they're okay that we're coming over as missionaries and religious workers. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've got one last question for you guys. We've got to wrap up here. But sure. So we are, you guys are about a month out, mm -hmm. right, May 9th. So I just want to hear, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about mm -hmm. Bulgaria and starting a new life? Mm -hmm. Excited and anxious and all of those things? Somewhere yeah. I just would love to tell us, tell us how are you all doing as a family as you, yeah. as you think about this. this is, you're almost through the cliff, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We're tired, yeah. <laughs> but excited at the same time. Um, it's been almost two years now that we, well, or two and a half actually almost, mm -hmm. that from that time when we visited Emily and we started praying about things to this point. So in that sense, we're ready. I mean, the Lord has moved us this far. I mean, let's do this thing is kind of how we feel. Um, but we also feel, you know, a bit drained, and it's a lot of work to move over. And they said it would be, but, you know, when you're in the thick of it, um, I think we all feel a little bit more on edge with each other, and so you can mm -hmm. pray that we would be loving and forgiving and that we would um, mm -hmm. just be very mindful of our need to, it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit that we're doing this, because um, it is it is exhausting. But we're excited to be with the team and the people there. Um, and once we get there, um, we'll just have a lot of help um, jumping into this thing. Um, for, our, for our daughter, Aubrey, she's having a harder time when people ask her, how do you feel about going? And are you excited? And she'll say, no, not so much. But she's not anxious, but just really sad to yeah. leave her friends um, so that's a bit of a challenge in, in watching her having to say goodbye and um, I'm a late processor so I think I'll feel more sadness once we get there and, and mm -hmm. um, we're just kind of marching through our list every day at this point to, to get things done to get on the plane um, mm -hmm. yeah. if you have anything to add to that no I think that's good I, mean, I think right now it just kind of feels like we've been 
in this really, really, really long ride at one of those massive, you know, a long line, you know, one of those massive rides at Six Flags. And you're kind of in line for like four hours and you get to the top and you're like, I can't go back through the line. Like I have to, like, you're like, the only way off this thing is down, you know, <laughs> I got to ride it. Um, and there's kind of a sense in which that's kind of where, where we are right now and that's a good thing. Um, and yeah, I think having just been there last month, it was good. I'm gl really, really glad for that time that I was there just to connect more with the team members that are there and feeling like, okay, this is gonna be great to work with this group of people. And um, we know where we're gonna live, wonderful, that's gonna be a good spot. So at least the, kind of some of those basic things are kind of feel fairly known, I guess, in a way, as much as we can right now. But um, yeah, I think we've been trying to, trying not to think about the phase we're in right now. We've been trying to th not think about this phase for the last two years because we knew that this would be the hard phase because this is when we're saying goodbye. And, uh, you know, I mean, I read my letter of resignation to the church last week, and that was, you know, really hard to write that letter and read that letter. Um, being, having been at that church for, on staff at that church for the last seven years, it's been hard to start stepping away because uh, we have so many wonderful relationships there and lots of fruitful and exciting ministry there. So that's been, that's been hard. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's kind of all that mixed together. Um, well, John, I know we've got to wrap up now, but we'll pray for you all in the service, and I'll pray for you in a Thank moment you. now. I also just want to say to you personally how immensely privileged I feel um, for us to be able to partner with you guys. Um, Y'all are wonderful. Um, it's clear the Lord has put this call in your life, that he's equipped you for it over the years. Mm -hmm. I think you guys are, this is going to be a great fit. and we're, We feel very privileged to be able to be a small part of it and to support you all. So. Um, if one wanted to sign up for your email newsletter, how would one do that? Uh, we have a, I think it's a, a, we have a sheet out there on the, on the display table out there, and people can just sign, just put their email address on there and just say, hey, I'd like to get your updates. And Great. We send one out, uh, we send one out once a month, generally speaking. Yep. I would like you all to put your email address <laughs> on that list. There's also exactly. a link in the email I sent out last night to you all. Um, so get, get the updates. Um, these, yeah. these are, this is a great family, a great couple. We're going to want to be a part of this, what God is doing in Bulgaria through John and Ellen and their family. So sign up for the list. Let's pray for them. You want to pray for us? You like a visual? There's magnets out there? That's right. So grab an email list, put your email, grab a magnet. That's your job. The ubiquitous You've got one job That's today. Right. <clears throat> That's right. <clears throat> all right, let me pray for you all. Okay. Father, thank you for John and Ellen. Thank you for all your kindness um, to them and to us as we've gotten to know them um, this year as a congregation. Father, pray that you would bless them in the next few weeks as they prepare to leave. Um, we pray um, just for everything, Father, that you would watch over them, for your spirit to dwell with them, uh, that your face would be upon them. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.